Welcome to Outdoor Explorer in Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Paul Tordock. On this show, we have faculty from Alaska Pacific University, Prince William Sound College, University of Alaska Anchorage, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and University of Alaska Southeast to describe their programs and discuss the value of an outdoor college degree. Stay tuned for Outdoor Explorer. Welcome back to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Paul Tordot. We're talking about college outdoor programs and degrees. Full disclosure, my day job is a professor of outdoor studies at Alaska Pacific University. But for this show, I'll have my radio host hat on as much as possible. On the show, we have Ava Lottasu with Alaska Pacific University, Mark Oldmixon and Peggy Kuiper with University of Alaska Fairbanks, TJ Miller with University of Alaska Anchorage, Benjamin Rush with Prince William Sound College, and Forrest Wagner with University of Alaska Southeast. Welcome, everybody. Let's go ahead and start. And why don't we start with by introducing yourselves, your title, your role, and describing your programs a bit. And we'll uh, start with the uh, Alaska Pacific University's Outdoor Studies Program, um, which has been around um, really almost as long as it and the UAA program have really been around since the 70s. So Ava, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay, thanks Paul for introducing me to this show on in a nice snowy day in Anchorage. And um, so my name is Eva Latoso and I'm Associate Professor of Outdoor Studies here at APU. And I've been in this position since 2004. So I'm not even like halfway there for the age of the program. Uh, but I've been here long enough that I got an invitation to talk about it in this show. And um, we, we cater to undergraduates mostly, but we also do have a graduate program, um, only one in the state um, that offers a lot of uh, next step opportunities for, for that large contingent of Alaskans that are currently working in the outdoor recreation or education. Uh, but I'm here mostly talking about the undergraduate program, and um, we have we are a kind of a unusual um, academic calendar that allows us to do uh, three separate intensives a year, which allows us to cater to a lot of field-based learning, um, and that sets up a little different than most of the other universities here in the state that you're gonna hear about soon. And um, our uh, programs are also quite small. Our class uh, instructor-student ratios are really low and that allows us to do a lot of um, uh, more uh, risk-based and technical programs with appropriate risk management procedures. So, I'm really proud of the way how we can um, take students on expeditions. We have uh, four week expeditions in the calendar, um, at least two per year. And so that allows us to go paddling in Prince William Sound or in the Bermudas or um, go learn about mountaineering um, in Alaska range or even go track climbing in Red Rocks or, or some other location. 
so where do our students then place when they come in here and uh, study with us for four years? Uh, that allows us to run uh, four different or five different uh, concentration actually. And I'm gonna just run through those because that gives a little bit of a better idea. We have an outdoor education concentration where students are really well equipped to go and teach in non-traditional settings. Um, so we have folks who've gone into teaching at uh, science centers or um, charter schools even and uh, allowing to go. We have also a long-standing program with National Outdoor Leadership School where we provide a scholarships for students uh, to move on to being instructors with that school. Then we have a land management um, concentration that allows students to be really well prepared for uh, managing um, in the parks um, of or state lands as well as federal lands. And we have had a really good um, flow of students going into ranger positions for different kind of land management agencies and um, making their way there uh, all the way to park superintendents and whatnot. Um, then we have snow science program that allows students to get enough field time and risk management practices to become snow professionals um, in either in ski patrolling or ski guiding, um, as well as for education. Um, we have good track for that. Uh, we have outdoor entrepreneurship program that sets students up with the business minor and allows them to become their own bosses in passion activities that they're really keen on doing. And then the last but not least is adventure therapy program that goes hand in hand with our counseling psychology program and allows students to really help folks to um, heal themselves and become holistically well folks um, through the adventure activities. And I, one last thing that I like to say is that we are um, Alaska Native serving institution. And for the last few years, we've done a lot of um, uh, soul searching in ways how we can better improve um, opportunities for uh, meaningful work in the outdoor field uh, with the Alaska Native folks as well. And we are really, we use native lands for most of our activities because we are really Alaska based. So um, it is, it's only time for us to be able to provide excellent um, degree programs for those folks that have been doing it for thousands of years and have a lot of, lot of things to um, share with all the other ones. Thanks, and I'll, I'll add one other thing along the Native Serving. We've just started, APU's just started a new degree called Community and Place-Based Education. So it leads to a K through eight uh, certificate. So it's a teacher training program, and that's a combination of outdoor studies and education classes. So great, thanks, David. That's a lot of school with the APU's uh, Outdoor Studies Program. Uh, let's next go with, uh, to Benjamin Rush with Prince William Sound College and Benjamin also has a couple of students with him. Benjamin, tell us about the, the program down in Valdez. Once again, thanks for inviting us, Paul, in this program. It's nice to be here from, uh, from, from Valdez, Alaska. We are a, a two-year program at the end of the Richardson Highway. So once you leave Anchorage, you have a, a long, beautiful uh, car ride of 300 miles to come to our town at the end of the road. But I, uh, I run the outdoor leadership program here. I've been, this is my third year here at this program. 
and uh, we've had lots and lots of changes and things happening since I've been here because we have some, we have an amazing staff here and uh, some amazing students. I brought two students here to talk about the program because I'll give you the academic side and what we're doing, but I want you to give I want you to hear their story and how our program has affected their lives and you know what it's doing for them. We have Audrey, we have uh, Raphael. She's a first year student, and Raphael is a second year student. So I um I moved from Chicago, so I didn't know anything about the outdoors at all. And so coming to Valdez has been nothing short of hands-on and immersive. Um, Valdez is just full of so many beautiful locations, and uh, the program at Prince William Sound College is. Um, really great at taking what you learn in the classroom and actually applying it and through Ben like I've just learned so many new leadership skills been able to push myself um, and think about where I was at a year ago it's incredible how far I've come and then where I'm going the school definitely provides a lot of resources to um, build connections on getting internships and jobs and um, just getting you those certifications to get your foot in the door and um, I see the future is looking a lot brighter than what it was a year ago that's Aubrey. Uh, with our program, um, it's, it's not a one-man show, one-person show here. We have we have like seven adjuncts we have teaching different classes because uh, we have some amazing people in Alaska and also Valdez who are some outdoor professionals. And so we have different people teaching classes. Uh, we, have, we have also our lecture classes as far as leadership program planning, risk management. We have some great MOUs with the National Outdoor Leadership School with LNT and also with the WEA or the Wilderness Education Association. Because we are here in Valdez, we have, we have great internships that Audrey talked about with the National Park Service, with the BLM, with the Fish and Wildlife, with our parks and recreation. We have you know, the world's largest national park here at Wrangell St. Elias. And it's just a great uh, place to be. And one of our, yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's amazing. And I want Raphael to talk about more how his life, because he's one of my, both of them, my prize students, but Raphael, he, 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 he's come a long way in his last two years. Hi, I'm uh, Raphael. Um, before I joined the program, uh, I lived here in Valdez for about half my life. The other half I spent in Florida. So there was a big change uh, geologically. And before I joined the program, my family was uh, what I call Alaskan introverts. We didn't do anything, we didn't go hunting, we didn't go fishing, we didn't do any of that stuff. So just being in the program was my first chance to actually do those Alaskan things. So go camping, uh, be outside for more than an hour, stuff like that. So it was really a big change for me. And not only did I do like the first year of the program and really, really enjoy it, I'm now as a second year being uh, asked to be TA, a, a, a teacher's assistant for a lot of these classes so we could go um so i can go on these trips again and get a deeper experience and like a lot of people say you don't know something so you can teach it so it's it helps to be able to learn it again and keep it fresh in your mind and be able to share that experience with other people and so i can uh, i can say that it's really been a lot of fun to learn about all these things and continuously use my skills and help teach others people who are sometimes older than I am or listening to me because I have this information that is valuable. So it's a really interesting and really fun experience to be in this program to actually be able to use these skills to um, learn and develop as an individual. 
Thanks, Raphael. That's so true. The teaching, teaching something really makes you learn it. What, what have you taught? What, what, what's one of your highlights of teaching? Um, there was on the first trip, um, my very first trip with the program, it was technically a two year uh, student trip, but I didn't, I just kind of walked into Ben's office and said, hey, I've never met you before. Can I go on this trip? And he let me. And so um, the next year I went on that same trip, but um, I was just as uh, a student TA, I can't remember which one, but I was on the trip again. And um, I was teaching a lot of the stuff that last year I couldn't comprehend. So that was just a really uh, mind blowing experience for me to be able to say in less than a year, I've learned to do all this stuff and more. It's just really interesting. And all the students look at me like, like I'm a genius or something, but all of them <laughs> do it much faster than they actually believe that they will be able to. So it's really cool to see. Right, thanks. Great, anything else, Benjamin? Uh, you say anything else, Audrey? Um, I guess just like coming from so far away, like within the first, I think like a couple weekends I was um, started school, like they did not waste any time getting us out there. And remember my first sea kayaking trip, being able to see all the mountains and like go through the waves and um, camping with our friends, like being in such a small cohort with like your classmates, you really get to know them and the experience is just like, I don't know, it's second to none. It's definitely been a highlight of my life so far being out here and um, learning from nature. So. That's great. We're going to talk later about uh, the value of these programs. And there you have it, folks, right there. Thank you, too. Thanks, Benjamin. I'll put another thing on this. Uh, Benjamin and his students have uh, been trying to organize an outdoor leadership conference, which I'm very excited about. Um, we've COVID put it off for a couple of years, but this uh, same group here is part of that organizing um, uh, committee and we're uh, Hoping that it happens in the fall. It's a very exciting thing to happen. Um, this is Outdoor Explorer in Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Paul Tordak. We're talking about outdoor um, degree programs at uh, college and universities in Alaska. Uh, next up, we'll go with uh, TJ Miller with the University of Alaska Anchorage. TJ, um, tell us about yourself and the programs you have. Hi, Paul. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for the invitation for today. So yeah, my name is TJ Miller. I'm the chair of the Health, Physical Education, and Recreation Department at the University of Alaska, Anchorage. And as we start to talk about college and degree programs, uh, my undergraduate is in outdoor recreation, uh, and my master's is adult education. And at UAA, um, like I said, I run the Health, Physical Education, and Recreation Department. And until recently, we did have a emphasis on our bachelor's of science uh, track, but we've done a little bit of shifting, but we're still in the outdoor uh, world. So we, we have a minor in outdoor leadership and uh, our degree is now a bachelor's of science in kinesiology. And we have a few different tracks on there, but I think the one that's important for this show is we are uh, the only program in the state of Alaska, the only college program that prepares you and uh, meets the eligibility requirements for the National Certification for Therapeutic Recreation Specialist. Uh, so similar to what AVA and APU has in the adventure therapy world, um, ours is a, a similar program uh, leading to a national certification. 
We also operate multiple outdoor recreation skills classes throughout each semester, uh, you know, fall depending and, and spring depending on which, which outdoor courses we can do. Uh, but these are mainly uh, courses for students to just gain skills and, and recreate and learn how to recreate uh, in the outdoors and uh, get their daily dose of nature. Uh, so we offer those to any student or community member um, to sign up for those outdoor courses. And we run everything from like a river rafting to some ice climbing and crevasse to a backcountry skiing avalanche class. Um, we also offer some water-based courses as well. And so we uh, um, have slightly moved away from the academic outdoors uh, as a degree, but we still do offer uh, outdoor courses uh, for, the, for the recreationist more than the professional. But since my background is, is in the outdoor and the degree world, um, I've been at UAA for 15 years now. We did used to have an outdoor leadership emphasis uh, as well and did some pretty amazing things around this amazing state. And uh, like to share that with, with students um, if they're ever uh, wanting to learn some skills to check out some of the stuff we have at UAA. So thank you, Paul. Thanks, TJ. And, you know, the UAA program, as a lot of listeners are probably aware of, it goes back a long ways. Uh, Bill Bobcock, Todd Miner, Alaska Wilderness Studies. And so it sounds like, TJ, sort of getting back to your roots a little bit of community education and offering up uh, skills classes for the uh, general public. Is that correct? Yeah, Paul, you know, um, we, man, I, I think back to some of the files I found when I first moved in here and you know, before there were really professional guides up here, outfitters and things like that, it really was Alaska Wilderness Studies that was doing some, some world, world-class trips in Alaska, pioneering routes and things like that. And uh, as many of you know, there was a pretty tragic accident in the late 90s. And, uh, you know, 20-some years later, um, we're still kind of reeling in the aftermath of that. And some of the administration, higher administration at UAA uh, sees outdoor recreation as too risky and not beneficial. And uh, today I think we'll turn the tides on that, uh, showing how beneficial recreation is, how it is a legitimate workforce need and truly what an outdoor professional is and I think that's the big difference uh, between a guide and an outdoor professional. Yeah, thanks. That, that's super important. Today's referring to the time of the peak accident in the '90s, and that's uh, really um, influenced all of our programs and the amount we pay attention to risk management and so forth. So, thanks, TJ. Um, let's go uh, next up. We got um, uh, Mark and Peggy up in uh, Fairbanks at University of Alaska Fairbanks. Um, Mark Old Mixon and Peggy Kuiper. Uh, why don't you take it away and explain what's going up on up in Fairbanks? Yeah, I, we have a, a, a slightly unique approach in the sense that our outdoor program is is mostly on the student affairs side, student activity side, um, kind of counteracting what TJ was talking about in that our students have the opportunity to uh, participate in, in weekend trips, ice climbing, hikes, snowshoe, cross-country skiing, et cetera, throughout the year. Um, but then we also have student employees that are um, trained in-house to lead those trips, as well as there's a, a deep pool of rental equipment available for students to head out on their own trips. And then uh, we also have some, some climbing walls 
both inside and we have an outdoor ice climbing wall that we make every winter um, that both are available for students for just general recreation, but then we use them as a as a classroom for academic classes. So our outdoor adventure program does offer some academic classes, into rock climbing, ice climbing, ski mountaineering. Um, in the summer, we transitioned to Arctic backpacking and um, expedition kayaking for uh, river travel. Um, but now we've partnered with with Peggy and some of the academic programs to um, complement our classes and the academics that that she provides over the. Um, not, not school management anymore. The College of I'm going to Business and Security Management. <laughs> Just a new change, um, and so that the students are. There's a couple of different options. Students can get a, a degree in wildlife biology or natural resource management here at UAF, and then kind of complement their training with. Uh, participation in our programming so that they're prepared for field work. We see a lot of students go off onto National Park Service or BLM jobs or field research positions. And not only can they, you know, address the flora and fauna in the wilderness, but they can also run field camp and, and cook meals and provide uh, risk assessments and, and safety trainings. Um, but then now we're partnered with Peggy and I'll let her talk about the bachelor's in sports and recreation business that we're offering now. Thanks, Mark. So our uh, degree program is a little bit different. It focuses uh, specifically on critical areas of business. So our students graduate with a business degree from an AACSB school. Uh, if you don't know what AACSB is, it's the top accreditation for a business school uh, in the country that you can get. Um, our degree really focuses, like I said, on critical is, uh, business areas. So students come out with a background in accounting, finance, marketing, management, and all of that good stuff. And you might be asking yourself, well, what does that have to do with outdoor recreation? Um, anybody that's worked in outdoor recreation, I think when you get to a certain level, if you're opening your own business, um, you're opening your own business or working for an organization where you have to manage people or manage budgets, you're going to need those core business skills. And so that was our thought in the degree program. Um, that being said, you also need to have certain certifications and um, a certain background in outdoor recreation. And that's where our degree offers flexi uh, flexibility. I think it's the most flexible degree in the UA system in regard to allowing uh, electives in the program. And so students can um, choose what that, uh, I guess their electives look like. Like if they want to go into uh, maybe open their own, um, let's say whitewater, um, you know, business or uh, uh, guiding business or whatever that that might be, they might need ACA certifications and actual uh, other other skills. And that's where our um, that's where Mark and the folks in outdoor recreation come in is they tailor their degree towards that. Um, the our degree also so when students come in, they will choose either sport management or recreation management. So. Um, the other part of our degree is the sports side of things, where if they want to work for a professional or minor league sports team um, and work in like marketing, ticket sales, uh, become an agent, uh, they'll have to get a, a Juris doctorate for that. Uh, but that's the other half of our, our program. And so, um, so far we have, our program super new. So we are three years in. Um, we've had a couple graduates come through with uh, minors in our program. And um, we've seen a lot of veterans um, come through our program and currently have quite a few enrolled. And so we're super veteran friendly. And so is UAF as a whole is, and I'd say the UA system is. And um, in that form, I think of a couple of our grads or our current students that are working in recreation facilities on base 
um, or working in recreation programming um, in particular. And so that's a, a career path I've seen quite a few come through so far. And um, I think we have 83 students in our program so far. Um, and it's about a, I would say like 60-40 split where 60% are sport management, 40% are, are recreation management so far. So um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Mark. That was a, and Paul, thanks for having us today. So. No, I think it's, it provides a great background for um, many different career paths, whether it's that business ownership and in the outdoors or uh, a bit more science-based that there's some real balance available. Um, and that's my uh, advice is that folks get that, get that, that balance in their training and experience so that they're, a lot of the jobs they're applying for or looking at have many different facets, not just a rock climbing guide where it's just, you know, how hard can you climb, how big can you go, but there's all these other aspects of it. The outdoor pieces uh, ends up being a smaller part of the job than we expect. Yeah, or... yeah that, that, uh, yeah, we'll get back to that the second half of why, why, why college and, um, you know, why, why do I need college and why to be a guide, but, um, that we'll get back to that, but all that stuff, you know, what happens when you're older and you want to settle down and not be a guide anymore, um, that's where the college stuff comes in. Let's move on. Thanks, uh, Mark and Peggy. Let's move on. Last but not least, uh, Forrest Wagner is with us from Juno. Forrest, you want to talk about the, what you have going down in the uh, um, University of Alaska Southeast? Thanks, Paul. And wow, it's amazing to be here with so many high caliber programs and people, I feel really, really honored. Uh, I am Forrest Wagner, I'm an assistant professor and program director of outdoor studies, a student-centered environmental interdisciplinary program housed in the School of Arts and Sciences at the University of Alaska Southeast. I teach outdoor and environmental studies and work closely with several adjuncts and Kevin Crime longtime outdoor studies professor here at UAS. Our program has a 10-month certificate in outdoor skills and leadership, a minor in outdoor and adventure studies, and two emphasis areas in baccalaureate programs, a BLA in outdoor and adventure studies, and an environmental and outdoor studies track in our program on the environment. We've been delivering ODS programming now for about 20 years at UAS, and I started working for the program in 2006. Our Juno campus is located on the traditional lands of the Clinket Aquan and is ideally situated near the estuarine and maritime ocean environment, the high latitude temperate rainforest and the glaciated coastal mountains. Students in our program join as a cohort and work through a variety of skills classes in climbing, paddling, skiing and backcountry awareness while also taking immersive academic classes in outdoor leadership, ocean and mountain studies, and student-selected classes from the humanities and environmental studies. Each year, our graduating students participate in a student-led instructor-facilitated expedition, currently rotating between a traverse of the Juneau ice field or a sea kayak in Glacier Bay. We also take students in our four-year programming on high mountain and international expeditions and have taken students up Denali, ski mountaineering volcanoes in Ecuador and backcountry skiing on various islands in Japan. Wow. Graduating students Japan. Yeah. <laughs> find jobs in local, regional, and in some cases, international ecotourism, 
uh, as land managers for public land entities and are also generally prepared for a variety of professional jobs or competitive for further training in graduate school. Like APU, we have professional pathways for students to intern at high caliber outdoor education and backcountry guiding providers and regularly place students at the Alaska Mountaineering School uh, and occasionally at the Alaska Avalanche School. UAS Juno is, UA, is the UA system's smallest teaching and learning campus and we pride ourselves on our low student to faculty ratios, student center programming and exceptional programs and faculty. Great, thanks, thanks for us. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, uh, tell us a bit about Japan. What's the deal with that? That's not really Alaska. How's that work out? <laughs> yeah, it is It is very Pacific. And yeah. <laughs> when a person goes skiing in Japan, they're at a similar latitude to San Francisco, but there's a lake effect and uh, mountains there might be 9,000 feet tall, 3,000 meters, but they get a lot of snow really between January and and early March. And so it's an amazing snow climate with all the parts of the mountain that are interesting. There's the below, mid, and then upper no tree section. And the culture, the Japanese culture is really oriented toward alpine skiing and backcountry skiing has, has become a major focus. Uh, so for students interesting and interested in international guiding, it's a, it's a good place to go and, and work through day and multi-day guiding from, from side country at resorts or from huts. There's also uh, amazing natural hot springs all over the place. And that, that's, that's part of the culture to go and sit in an onsen after a day skiing. So it's really, really high uh, value experience for students and, and a trip that I, I find also really engaging culturally. The Japanese perspective on nature is really different from ours and the skiing in general is, is, is quite phenomenal. Yeah. Thanks for us. That's for us. Why not the University of Alaska Southeast? And in some ways similar to Southeast, you've got hot springs in Southeast. And um, well, that um, sort of wraps up the first half of our show. Uh, we'll kind of take a quick break and be right back um, with more from our guests from the different outdoor uh, college outdoor programs throughout the, the state. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. Find the show anytime as a free podcast in the iTunes store or connect with us online at alaskapublic.org. Welcome back uh, to Outdoor Explorer and Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Paul Tordak. We're talking today um, about college uh, outdoor uh, degree programs. Um, and I have a, a, a great group of people with us. We have um, Forrest Wagner from University of Alaska Southeast, Benjamin Rush from Prince William Sound College, TJ Miller with uh, University of Alaska Anchorage, uh, Mark Old Nixon and Peggy Keeper from University of Alaska Fairbanks, and Ava Latasuo with um, 
Alaska Pacific University. So welcome back, everyone. Um, let's um, uh, change from what, talking about our program, so you're more than welcome to uh, add in bits about your program as you think about it. Uh, let's go to sort of the general idea of college and um, uh, out, outdoor degrees. I got a degree in outdoor recreation in 1983, so they've, they've been around for a while. Um, but they're relatively new in Alaska. So Forrest, why don't we start with you? Um, you know, one might ask, uh, why does one need a college education to be a guide or an outdoor professional? You want to take a stab at, a stab at that? Yeah, I'll, t I'll take a stab at it, Paul. Thanks. And there's a number of experts here at the table, so hopefully other folks can weigh in. But I mean, the question of why to go to college or why to study outdoor recreation while in college, it seems it's multifaceted, but I often think about Paul Petzold's idea of the perfect society and working in small groups and high consequence inclement settings really does infer a, a kind of human interdependence for participants and, and that that carries over well to working professionally, managing those same high consequence environments, but having the soft skills to, um, yeah, interpret group dynamics and understand operational risk management. And I mean, the question about why to go to college is a good one. And although it's probably true that that higher education isn't for everyone, I do think it's an opportunity to continue refine what we're doing as people in our society and, and begin to specialize. And so for mountain guides or, or outdoor educators, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to really figure out who you are and, and what you stand for. And so much of what we're doing is based on these kind of Leopoldian environmental ethics and you know, sitting now in 2022 on the, with a really strong awareness of, our environmental precarity as a species, I think that college and outdoor programming in particular are really good for uh, group and individual development, um, especially as they relate to yeah, what we do going forward in this century. Thanks, Forrest. That's a great, a great lead in Forrest. Um, I also think about kind of like Renaissance skill sets that we all need as humans. You brought up just the interconnectedness and ability to be a, a relevant member in the group and um, live your life ethically. But then there are also these, I think, hard skills that academic hard skills that students get when they run through a goal-oriented four-year program. And I'm sure all of you are thinking about the same things, like just the ability to take a thought and develop it further over maybe even several semesters and then being able to communicate clearly and relevantly about uh, what you're seeing and learning while you're going through the process. So I think at APU, we really cherish the ability to write coherently and well, and as well as speak their minds uh, in a way that other people understand and participating in conversations um, that are true. So I often find um, students, especially in the end, um, at AP, we have a senior project where the students run at least a semester of their own thinking and um, answer 
a project or research question. And that's kind of the culmination where you can put every, everything together. Um, so having some sort of terminal project for four years in the making and being able to execute it till the end. Uh, I think that's something that you'd be missing out on if you wouldn't be on a on an academic program. Thanks, Ava. Any other thoughts of, on that uh, I would, topic? I would. I'll let sure. you know. I would, I, 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 oh, go ahead. Uh, the hard and soft skills in college, right, that you learn, um, and I think Forrest and Eva both alluded to this a little bit, um, but the hard skills that you'll learn through these, these programs or any program, um, whether it be how just to simply work with people and work in a team, um, you will learn that in college through classes. And I think that's, that's really important. The other piece I think is extremely important and particularly in Alaska and um, Forrest talked about this a, a bit or is alluding to it with the, um, where our world is, particularly uh, with the status of our climate is outdoor recreation, climate, both economically and climate, um, <laughs> climate, uh, I guess, uh, the science term is we have a responsibility or people have a responsibility to take care of this planet. And I think to be able to do that, to do that wisely, um, but uh, college education is, is providing that foundation to do so. And on the economic front, Alaska needs to, um, diversify its economy. And the biggest opportunity that is missed in the state, in my opinion, and many others would say the same is, is outdoor recreation, is that we, we I feel like, have an opportunity and responsibility to help build the economy in, in Alaska. Um, and I think that's important for students or, or people to understand. And I think college education provides a foundation for doing that, so. Thanks, Peggy. I mean, especially with your guys' program and um, a little bit to the Hollywood APU's program of learning those. Um, uh, uh, back what I call the bat uh, behind the door skills, whether it's uh, marketing or the business aspects of these kind of things are um, super important. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts Paul, about, yeah. Yeah, Paul, this is Mark up in Fairbanks. And and I would, I've seen a lot of students that have come in, uh, sorry, <clears throat> your question talked about, you know, why do you need a college degree as an outdoor professional? And I think it's your you're being a professional, your job just happens to be outside. And we look for that that training um, in CPAs and MBAs and in um, all the you know science laboratories. They want that specific training. Our job, we just chose a better location for our job to be outside and be in the, in the fresh air. So we're looking for folks to have you know professional training and then they have this, this worldly approach um, to the world. And that's where I, I think I, as a, a young person gained a lot of uh, understanding about myself and, and my world as a uh, through my undergraduate degree, as well as got training in rock climbing and kayaking and, and the fun stuff. Um, but then we see that, you know, just recently there was a university professor who had a video on Nova about the different dinosaur bones and footprints that he's found throughout Alaska. And he's out there, you know, snow machining across the Colville River in the middle of winter and repelling off of an improvised anchor in Denali. Um, and, you know, he needs to have this, you know, paleontology and anthropology and archaeology training, but also the, these outdoor skills to um, pursue those, uh, the, find, have those finds. You know, he's not going to have those finds sitting in the office. Um, so I think all of our training and 
uh, these specific recreation classes or um, minors or associate's degrees can complement these big picture PhDs um, to provide that opportunity. And we hear that from uh, professional organizations a lot, National Park Service, um, the NSF, that folks that are coming in with that field experience are that much more valuable than just having the academic background. So I think all of our programs supplement and complement those different degrees that they find it at many universities. So I encourage yep. people to look at that recreation classes, these recreation programs, not just as a, a fun way to distract yourself for some weekends during your schooling, but to really round out your, your skill set as a as a human and an employee. I that's thoughts, Mark. Yeah, go ahead, I'd like to yeah, I'd like to back up what Mark said. I think he made a really good point, and I said this in my introduction and um, he kind of just made it a little more clear. Like he said, we look for professionals in other fields. Doctors have to have an education and CPAs. And we look for this professional training. <clears throat> and I think I've seen the shift in, you know, probably the last 10 years, uh, maybe an outdoor guide 10 years ago, 20 years ago would have sufficed. But I think in today's world, and maybe what people are looking for is more of a consummate professional and that's where this college education and academic training come in. Everyone's already mentioned the hard skills, also the soft skills. And I would agree that probably one of the, the, the strongest points that, that outdoor recreation participation and leadership you know, can help uh, for students and budding professionals uh, really is, and I forget a couple of people mentioned it, but is working with other people, uh, living on a team together, spending uh, multiple uh, nights together, relying on each other, um, emotional intelligence, communication, all of those skills, uh, you know, get enhanced through the academics and the, the intention behind some of those academic courses. And so I think the world is coming around to uh, the outdoor field being more professionalized. And that's where this opportunity uh, for the academics comes in. And agreed with Mark too, it is a fun thing to do for your physical health, your mental health, your well-being, your community, to go out on a weekend and go ice climbing, just to ice climb. It's also something else to have to uh, spend multiple nights on an Arctic backpacking trip, traveling 200 miles from point A to point B, and how you do that successfully on a team of 12 people. Uh, so there's really a lot that is uh, put into these academic programs and it's put in by us and we are outdoor professionals and we're trying to pass the torch along to the new um, professionals. So thank you. Yeah, it's interesting to note you bring up doctors um, TJ that um, uh, Dr. Ann Zink, the, um, the uh, fairly well-known health professional um, uh, uh, head medical doctor in Alaska is actually an alumni from the National Outdoor Leadership School, which Paul Petzl, whose also names come up, founded. So uh, people have taken their outdoor careers to all kinds of different directions. Um, what, what do you all think, I'll throw this out there, we talked about professionalism. How do we define that? Is it certificates? Is it years of experience? Is it a college degree? How, how would how would um, someone take a stab at that one? What, is, um, what does it mean to be an outdoor professional? A paycheck? You know? Uh. 
I'll, I'll jab at this first and maybe Ava can, can tune in a little bit too, because we, we saw this shift in, um, in sort of the avalanche world and, um, uh, forest is a big part of that as well. And looking at, um, you know, what it takes to be a qualified, uh, backcountry skier. And I think this is a topic to talk about these days because it is growing so, um, so vastly. And there are uh, certifications that are available. Uh, you know, the American Mountain Guiding Association is kind of the overriding governing body for guiding in the mountains. And if you're a member and certified, it offers you uh, kind of into Peggy's world. Those uh, certifications offer some legitimacy to your business, to your people, that they have a solid set of skills that has been standardized and been reviewed by other professionals and what's considered essential and sort of non-essential. And I think certifications do different than a degree program, but in the outdoor world, I think of a certification maybe much like, we'll go back to the medical metaphor, uh, much like a doctor having a specialty. A doctor is an MD and goes through a, a program, but then specializes in something through further fellowships, more intensive learning or more practice. Um, and then, they get that sort of specialization. And I think that's kind of where the academics and certifications versus degrees kind of fit into this world. And the last point I want to make, and I want to make this sort of strongly is, you know, we call doctors, we say that they are practicing, they are practicing their trade. And I think that's something that at least I did see in the avalanche world, we kind of went away from the, the moniker of avalanche expert and have more in the avalanche world adopted avalanche practitioner. Uh, and I just think keeping that in mind, much like doctors uh, that we trust uh, with our lives, um, the, uh, the, the training and the, the, the wording and the uh, skills we get from our, our academics and our certifications are what's important, but we're still practicing uh, and no one is perfect. Yeah, that, that's TJ. Abe, you want to add anything about the avalanche world? Yeah, that's a, that was a very good leading. Made my brain think a lot about the idea of certifications versus actual practitioner experience, and um, making sure that if we are now catering into uh, professionals within the outdoor field, it most likely will take both of those. So um, I often think about certificate programs um, that some, you know, you can take a course and get a certificate, especially if you pass the exam at the end, but that doesn't necessarily give you a um, well-rounded um, experience as a practitioner in the field. So I really enjoyed you bringing up that word of practitioner, um, which, which implies that uh, somebody is currently working with the skill set, be it soft or hard or mix of them all, and continues to be able to be have a high competency within it so that they can actually get the paycheck. And also that they have a trajectory of where they're going to go with it. That's another thing I think about recreationists. So and this comes back to the avalanche world. When I'm teaching a recreational level one, you know, people are there just for fun, you know, they're loving it and they might come and go. They might be into it right now, but who knows what they're doing. 
um, next season. Maybe not, it's not a good snow year, so they move into surfing. Um, but if you're a professional, it's, it's kind of a path that you've chosen to take on and you have an idea that you have a future within it. And that's how you're going to build up your academic understandings, your professional skill sets, and how you see how you're going to set yourself up so that you have sustain, sustainability within that career over a little longer than one year or two years. So thanks for bringing up that um, mind provoke, thought-provoking idea, TJ. Yeah, thanks, Eva. Uh, Benjamin, we haven't heard from you for a little bit. Um, uh, what, what's your uh, thinking about professionalism and, and your students and their progression toward that? I have a love-hate relationship with uh, certifications. I think ah. they're, I love them and I hate them. I think most of us heard that many times with having certifications, students learn just enough to get themselves in trouble. And we've seen that and you can have some amazing people who have certifications like, oh my gosh, what's this person doing? And you have a person who has no certifications who's learned from the School of Hard Knocks and it's like this person uh, is very qualified and able to do these things. Um, I think in the world of certification, we have we offer many certifications at our program here. And uh, I think it's a great starting point because you are learning the so-called correct way or having a foundation and everyone's hopefully on the same page. But I think it's just the beginning steps and having students realize, hey, this is just the beginning. You're off to a great start. Now go out, go in the outdoors on those weekends and those trips and apply what you've learned to increase your knowledge and learn more about what you've been taught in class because it's three days. And what can you learn in three? Our, our programs are one credit, two credit. So between three and six days. So what can you learn about mountaineering, kayaking, ice climbing, et cetera, et cetera. And just, it's just a good springboard so that they can have a nice foundation and then get into spending more time learning and experiencing what they've learned from, the, from that class. Thanks, Benjamin. Benjamin Rush with uh, um, Prince William Sound College. Uh, this is um, Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Paul Tordat. We're talking about college degree programs and uh, the outdoor profession. Um, let's talk a little bit about risk management. Um, we talked earlier in the show about uh, UAA's history. All of us, all these programs have had um, their uh, challenges. Um, and so there's a a risk. Um, some people would say, well, we're, especially if we're on moving water or oceans or up in the mountains, that there are um, risks running these programs versus just sitting in a classroom. And I think we all know the benefit of getting out in the classroom, but how do you all justify that with your administrators um, of having, you know, heck, even taking a van down the Richardson Highway, you know, over Thompson Pass, there's risk there uh, versus just sitting in a classroom. Does anybody want to take that uh, on? Well, maybe I'll, I'll jump in briefly, Paul, and springboarding off what both TJ and Ava and then Ben just said, I think one of the reasons that we have these certifying boards, uh, they're generally independent and non-commercial and, and they're establishing uh, standards for delivering safety education or communicating scope of practice for professionals. And when I'm talking to 
university administrators, that type of operational risk management language is pretty easily received. I mean, we spend time, all these programs spend time talking about legal liability and inherent risk and low feedback environments. The natural world is a high consequence, low feedback environment. And, and, and so for a variety of reasons, um, I, I actually think that higher ed admin generally support what we're doing because we do take the risk management so seriously. And, and so student participants sign risk releases with the understanding that we can't eliminate hazards in the natural world. It's our job to manage them and, and not to enlarge them. So yeah, just, just a couple thoughts about the, the values of certifications and particularly the certifying bodies and, and, and what we gain from that as professionals. Thanks for that, Forrest Wagner from University of Alaska Southeast. What, um, if you, oh, go ahead, Ava. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, another thing that we do is we are giving this really crucial part of professional identity and understandings for our students. So I noticed that when our students graduate and they go into their own fields of work, um, they look at critically um, what are the jobs that they're taking or, or, or they'll see how they could improve their um, employer's uh, culture of safety when they start working in them. And I think that's like really, really important part as we all know uh, in this field. So I just want to add that comment. And I imagine, I know Ava, that's also something that's transferable to many other um, professions, that idea of risk management. I remember when I first came to Prince William Sound College, I was taken into the office of our administrator and sat down and said, let me tell you about the Ptarmigan Peak accident. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've heard that story time and time and time again. It's kind of funny because you can be here doing something for 10, you know, 5, 10, 15 years and do having hundreds of courses run correctly. But that one course that happens is almost never forgotten from the, yeah. from the outcomes. And it, it, I would say kind of punishes us or it uh, leaves us to think about what to do, or how to mitigate or how to deal with, with risk management. And going back to higher education, you know, having the class on risk management so that, you know, students are learning how to mitigate risk, how to, with the proper protocol, what are the standards of care that, that you know, Forrest talked about. And um, having students always realizing that things are changing. So I'll give a plug for the risk management conference every year that Knowles and OB and SCA does and learning the, the, the up-to-date protocols, what's happening in the world today, because it's relevant what we do, especially in Alaska, because everything is has the potential to ruin your career. You ruin your program. Thanks, Benjamin. And but I also think that uh, accident has really, uh, really, in my view, improved um, all the programs. And I'm so impressed um, with everybody, all your programs, and uh, the level of professionalism and. Um, what you've brought to these programs. It's really grown a tremendous amount in the almost 40 years I've been at this. Um, uh, let, let's uh, lastly wrap up with um, sort of what, and I wanna start with you, Benjamin, because uh, you, you're the sort of, I, want, I don't wanna call it a community college, a college, but um, uh, what, like, uh, how do we all cooperate? How can a person transfer credits between 
you know, different colleges? Like, what's the opportunities as a as a someone a listener or a listener's child? Like, what they um, how they can take advantage of all these great programs? Um, I think one of the best things having you know amazing staff and faculty, you know, at you know UAF and you know uh, APU and Anchorage and Southeast, who are willing to you know help students out transfer. So we've have MOUs with you know, all of you so that when my student does want to head, you know, this direction toward business or this direction toward, you know, natural sciences or, you know, kinesiology, they have um, these MOUs so that when a student does transfer, they're not losing a year of studies here to transfer, but they can take pretty much everything they've learned here and take it and be accepted in their uh, new program. So it's been very, um, very helpful. And just, I'm really appreciated the cooperation and everyone's helped to make things happen because it's a win-win situation. It helps us have our students continue their education and it helps them as well, you know, bringing new, stu new students into their program. And um, so uh, once again, it's a good win-win program. Great, thanks Benjamin. That pretty much wraps it up for our show. I want to thank our uh, guest, um, Benjamin Rush with Princeton Sound College, Ava Latasur with the Alaska Pacific University, Forrest Wagner with the University of Alaska Southeast in Juneau, TJ Miller with the University of Alaska in Anchorage, Mark Oldmixon at UAF, and Peggy Kuiper with the University of Alaska Fairbanks also. Thank you all for joining me. It's uh, been a real pleasure. I learned a lot. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Th thank you, Thanks, Paul. Paul. Great to see you all. Thanks for listening. And to my guests from Alaska Pacific University, Prince William Sound College, University of Alaska Anchorage, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and University of Alaska Southeast. Finally, a big thanks to our producer, Airport. This is your host, Paul Tordak, and from all the hosts at Outdoor Explorer, we'll see you in Alaska's amazing outdoor classroom. Outdoor Explorer is a production of KSKA Public Radio in Anchorage, Alaska. Theme music is by Portugal, the man. Views expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect the station or its underwriters. You can find Outdoor Explorer on Facebook and in your favorite podcast app. To see what's coming up on Outdoor Explorer and add your voice to the conversation, go to our website at alaskapublic.org. Life Informed, this is Alaska Public Media.